بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إمام النووي's Riyad al-Saliheen is an immensely blessed hadith collection that has been cherished by Muslims for over seven centuries. In this series, Sheikh Yahya Rodas gives brief commentary on each of the hadiths in this collection, helping us to follow the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala wa min kitab riyadu salihini sayyidini ma man nawi rahimahullahu ta'ala wa nafa'ana bi'ulumi thiddarin ameen ila anqal hadith number 91 an anasin radiyallahu anhum anna rasulullahi sallallahu alihi wa sallam akhada sayfan yawma uhud فقال من يأخذ مني هذا فبسطوا أيديهم كل إنسان منهم يقول أنا أنا قال فمن يأخذه بحقه فأحجم الكوم فقال أبو جوجانا أنا أخذه بحقه فأخذه ففلك به هام المشركين رواه مسلم So this hadith is narrated by Anas that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, took a sword on the day of the Battle of Uhud and said, Who will take this from me? The Sahaba عنهم, stretched out their hands, each one of them saying, I will take it, I will take it. Then the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Who will take it with the responsibility which it bears, and with its haq, and give it its due right? Then they hesitated and refrained. And then Abu Dujana said, I will take it with the haq that it has, with the responsibility which it bears, and give it its right. He took it, and then the hadith says, is that he severed the heads of the polytheists with it. So in this hadith that we learn about one of these great companions by the name of Abu Dujana, this is known as his kunya. And the kunyo always have either Abu or Um in it. But his real name was Simak ibn Kharasha. And so keep in mind this is in the context of war. This is in a battle on the day of Uhud. And that whenever you go to battle, is that it is the job of the commander to prepare his soldiers for that war. And on this particular occasion, is that our Prophet had a sword, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And when he was holding it, is that he asked the companions who were before him that who will take this from me? <clears throat> so everyone, of course, wanted the sword of the Prophet wasallam. But when the Prophet then said that who will take it with its haq, yani who will give, take this sword, but then give it its right. And we have clarification from other narrations, is that Abu Dujana asked the Prophet ﷺ, or it was said to him, is that, O Messenger of Allah, what is the right of the sword? And the Prophet responded, is that you use it to fight the enemy until that the sword bends. In other words, is that you proceed right to the enemy without wavering, and you don't turn back, and you fight solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then... 
in that narration, Abu Dujana said, Ana is that I will take it. And then um, he that fulfilled the right of the sword, and he proceeded directly into the face of the enemy, and he fought on that day. And we have another narration that's mentioned in some of the books of Sirah, whereas Zubair ibn al-Awam, is that he said that initially when the Prophet ﷺ gave Abu Dujana the sword, he said, there was something that I had in my heart. And of course, no one would question the decision of the Prophet ﷺ, but meaning he, he wanted to be the one who, that also fulfilled its right. So he said, Wallahi I'm going to see what he's going to do with the sword. So he was following him in the battle. So look at the, this is war. Imagine being in a war, literally. You could lose your life at any moment. But this companion that knew there was something special that this other companion had because the Prophet ﷺ gave him the sword. So he wanted to see what actually transpired in the battle. So he said that I followed him. And Abu Dujana <clears throat> put a red cloth. He tied a red cloth on his head. And... The Ansar used to regard this as a particular declaration that they called this the head cloth of death. Anytime that you tie this upon your head, khalas. That means this person is heading straight into battle and he that might not come out alive. And he recited some lines of poetry, Abu Dujana, and then that proceeded right to the battlefield. But this that uh, Zubair said, every single enemy that he confronted, he said that he immediately that put him to an end. Is that he fought that way, that in he fought that day in the very best of ways. And there's another narration in the collection in some of the other books of Sirah, where there was a particular individual uh, that was seen on the opposing side. Is that what he was doing? He was going around to all of the wounded. This was on the opposing side. He was going around to all the wounded and giving them the death blow. And <clears throat> some, one of the Sahaba saw this from a distance. And he was hoping that Abu Dujana would meet this individual. Right? Because he saw him how many that people, Muslims that he was killing. So he was hoping that Abu Dujana, and then they got closer and they got closer until eventually that they met. And that when they met, they went back and forth a little bit. One of them struck the other, one of them struck the other, until that Abu Judana that gave him the death blow. And they mention this in the chapter of hastening to do good, is that this is how it is that we should be. Is that whatever good it is that we're doing, we should let do so with resolve and that not have anything get in the way. And as we mentioned previously, is that when it comes to the various verses in the Quran or the Ahadith that relate to jihad and relate to war, we take them as they are and of course understand them in the proper context. And every culture and every civilization that has a warrior class that they respect. And we also have a warrior class that we respect as Muslims and that not only were these just wars, that these were wars that our Prophet was commanded to engage in by the Lord of the heavens and the earth. And were it not to be 
for these wars that were fought, you and I would not be sitting here saying La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, reading about these stories. And then of course we understand jihad in our own context in a proper way. And as we mentioned, the jihad of our time is jihad of nafs and the jihad of the mujtama. We do our best to uplift society. But this shows how these people were. And we oftentimes just enjoy ourselves in the comfort of our home and are very comfortable in our own setting. But this is the this was the life of the companions. And that every so often they were forced to fight. And our Prophet fought 27 battles himself and sent 47 saraya, that he sent 47 armies to go fight. And there wasn't conflict in every single battle, but this was the way that they were living during that time because of the situation in the Arabian Peninsula and which really amounts to, because we know that it's not until after the Hijrah that jihad became permissible for the believers in various stages, but it was really came down to every few months is that they were forced to be in these situations where they had to confront enemies and think about the courage that you would need in pre-modern warfare where you're meeting your enemy face to face. You're not shooting someone from a distance or that let alone from another country with a drone or that something of that you're fighting that face to face. And this is Abu Dujana, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon his soul. He took this uh, that sword with its right. But the other aspect here that's important is that when the Prophet said that <clears throat> who's going to take this sword but give it its right, then the companions is that they all of a sudden refrained and that they hesitated. And it wasn't that they they were they were worried that if they gave their word for something that they wouldn't be able to that uphold their word. And this is how they were. And that it was meant for this blessed Sahabi Abu Jujana, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon her soul and to that raise him to the very highest of degrees. And it was that he fought in both the Battle of Badr and the Battle of Uhud. And he was one of the main people on that day, along with Musa bin Umair, that <clears throat> was defending Rasulullah and was severely wounded as a result and he became a martyr in the battle of Yamama. May Allah Ta'ala bless us to be able to follow in the footsteps and to adorn our hearts with the blessed character traits that they had and to use it to serve the deen of our Prophet Muhammad. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.